Blog Talk Radio. Twitter, Facebook, whatever. So today, let's talk, let's talk. 
Okay, we have two things I want to cover. First is LinkedIn, and then I want to finish up with some food because, you know, I don't want to eat first because then I'm going to be too tired to talk about LinkedIn. So let's start off with LinkedIn. Okay, first off, LinkedIn is becoming less of a less of a talking point. Um, in the speech, the, the talk that I have with my um, prospective clients or with the talk I'm having with people online. Okay, I've talked about this before. There's a show, I think, um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was about a month or two ago, and I was, I was sharing all of the stats on LinkedIn and why it's such an attractive market. Okay, if you, I mean, you can check that out in the archives. Um, it's a very, very attractive marketplace. But everyone's talking about the wonders of Facebook and the wonders of Twitter. So that's where everyone's attention's going. But I have to tell you, as an inbound marketing professional, LinkedIn's killer. So if LinkedIn's not part of your strategy, you got to make it. Okay, what do I hear every day? Well, it's, I don't want to do B2B. I want to do B2C. Okay, so I'm, I'm on there, and I'm a consumer. I'm a business owner, but I'm also a consumer. You know, I just bought a bike yesterday. If someone was on, if um, someone from Schwinn had gotten in touch with me and shared an article about biking, or I had seen that article about biking, and they mentioned their new bike, that could have influenced my decision. But sorry, Schwinn, I didn't go with you. But, you know, it, it's that sort of thinking. It's not just, oh, let's go on there and talk about, I'm in social media marketing, so I want to talk to you about social media marketing. It's not all about that. There's more to the story. Everyone tends to, well, I don't want to say everyone, but I'm going to say everyone, tends to think of it as a professional, um, a professional networking vehicle only. And, you know, no, it's not. Okay, there's there's more to it than that. If you go into LinkedIn thinking that you're only going to do B2B business, I don't think you're seeing the whole picture. There's a lot more things that you can do on there. So with that said, what I want to do is I want to kind of give you, I don't know, about 10 or so things that I think you should really focus on if you want to jumpstart what you're doing on LinkedIn. Because I see profiles every single day because that's what I do, Right. I have a company that does social media marketing, so my firm's looking at LinkedIn all day, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. So I know what a bad profile looks like, and I know how many people have profiles that are bad. Now, and I'm going to, I'm going to call a spade a spade here. You know, if you have a bad profile, I'm going to tell you it's not that great because that's the only way it's going to get better. If I'm going to go and say, hey, I love your profile. It has no picture or it has a picture of a dog licking a bee or something weird. You know, you, you want to make it professional and engaging. So let's talk about this, okay? On the social media chef, we're going to kick off with number one. Um, the first thing that I say is that when you're looking at your profile, think of your brand. Like, get your brand and, like, put it right in front of your face. If it's your personal brand, if it's your professional brand, if it's your company brand, whatever, you, why, whatever you're using, um, whatever, rather, you're using LinkedIn, that's that's the brand you want to start with. You want to leave with that. Okay, so, for example, um, say that you are a cosmetic surgeon and you have your own practice in New Hampshire. Okay? First off, I want to see a picture of you that is professional. I want to see a picture of you that makes you look slick, that makes you look like a plastic surgeon, you know? <laughs> have a jacket on. Do something that makes you look medical. Then make sure that your headline case that you have, that you're a plastic surgeon, you have your own practice. And then um, fill out your profile to reflect that. 
how many people have I seen that have their have their inter- the um the summary empty or some of the sections empty or okay, but we'll talk about this plastic surgeon now. See, he leaves his education empty. That's not so good. That doesn't look good. That looks like he got a he got an online degree to give you Botox. So we we don't want that. We want everybody to see you as a really credible person. And what gives you instant credibility when people are looking at your profile page? They are looking for all the information about you. They need to see that you're working in a company. They want to see what you do. And they want to see what your purpose is. If you're a business owner, they want to see what, what your track record is. So these are things that you want to add. Now, there's a couple of things that we'll go down the, ro- down the road I want to mention as well, but... You've got to own your brand on your profile. Don't just walk in and say, oh, my name's Dr. Klepek, and I'm in New Hampshire, and I do plastic surgery, and then leave everything else blank. Don't even give your website or your phone number. I mean, how do you expect anyone to c- connect with you? And doctors and lawyers out there, you can say who you are and what you do. There's no law saying that you can't do that. The law is saying that you can't say, hey, I serve this patient and this patient, give their names and phone numbers and their first boyfriend or girlfriend. I mean, you can be complete with the information. People will understand. But just don't, um, don't go overboard in outside regulations. But you can definitely, you know, own your brand on there. Because I've run into that in the past, too. Next, number two, we have why don't you join some groups? Okay. Now, groups of the feature in LinkedIn, that is awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, I suggest two things. There's two different types of groups you want to join. One where your customers are and one where your peers are. Now, if I have 50 groups total, I would go for 25 of one and 25 of the other. Then, change. Now, what are groups? Groups are basically these discussion groups that you can get into that you can discuss um, – around a niche topic. For example, I'm involved in social media groups, but I'm also involved in fashion, beauty, finance, law, publishing, et cetera, et cetera, because why? That's where all my consumers are. So in those groups, I want to go in and share my expertise to help them grow. So that's the 25 that where my um, target market are. Those 25 people, I want to help them grow and I want them to read my information, be interested, and then eventually get in touch. Now, the other 25, my peers, I want to ask questions. I want to learn. I want to put my ideas out there to see how they're received within my community, to see if there's any ideas that other people have that I actually can enhance what I said. These are two really, really powerful things. You know, obviously, there are some people that have only groups that are built in their target market, and that's fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that. You know, it's it's up to you how you want to do it. But if you're not using groups, you're totally sleeping on it. My one tip for groups, be careful about your email settings. If you get a lot of email every day, you want to check to see what your email um, alerts are going to be for each group. For example, there's daily digests in these groups for all the activity that's gone on during the last 24 hours. If you're in 50 groups, you're going to get 50 of those emails. And then if you're taking part in discussions and you're watching discussions, which I strongly suggest that you do, by just making sure it's the boxes tick saying follow after you make a comment, that could be another 15. 
then you're getting 65. Now, someone, you got, you're getting more friend requests. That can be, I'm telling you, folks, it can be hundreds. For my clients, I've had clients that have 500 incoming messages a day. Okay, you want to you want to mitigate that and make sure that when you join these groups that you have the right settings. Okay, offer soapbox number three. What you want to do is connect with as many people as you can. I have a rule now. People will try to connect with you, and this is these are this is one way of pe- that people have thought. Oh, we don't know this person. They want to connect with me. I wonder what they want. Isn't that weird? I wonder what they want to connect with me for. And I don't. Okay, I'm already tired of that thought process because I have a I have a really easy way of dealing with that. Do you have a picture and do you have a full name there? If you do, I'm gonna friend you. What's the worst thing I can do if I can accept their invitation and they start spamming me? Well, I'll go and remove them. But you can't close your Close yourself off to opportunities. Now, people that don't have pictures, I know there's some of them out there, but if they have a full name, I'll kind of look at their profile to see if it's a good idea. But I don't usually because the people without pictures are not really engaging on LinkedIn, or they might be using it for another reason, or they're just creating a dummy account so they can do spammy things. So I'm kind of weary. Also, (laughs) personally, I don't connect with business names. So if you're Tom's Beach Grill and that's your name and that's your logo and you have a personal profile, I'm not connecting with you. And none of my clients will connect with you because this is a personal. We want a person to connect with. So it's like, get Tom's Grill. It's like, it's like a building. Like you're standing and you're having a conversation with a building, right? It's like not happening. So I, that's that's kind of how I go. But, you know, Think about it your own. If you want to connect with everybody, everybody, that's great. Just don't overthink it so much. Um, I know a lot of people do, and it's not the hottest thing to do. Okay, moving on. Social media chef says, number four, um, you want to ask questions. There's a section for questions and answers on LinkedIn that you can find by navigating. And take part in that. Ask a question once in a while. Engage with Engage with different parts of your market. You can even survey people. So, that's something that LinkedIn has, and it's readily available, and you can jump on. So I suggest that you take advantage of it on a consistent basis. Um, you know, another thing is if you have events, okay, this is going to be your number five. If you have events, you should really uh, promote them on LinkedIn. There is actually a button, um, well, an application rather, that you can go into on LinkedIn and you can – create your entire event, you can put links, you can invite people, you can do pictures, whatever the hell you want to do. You can get it on there, and you can really promote the heck out of it. So if you have – now, what is an event? Okay, look at it two ways. Number one, is it an event that's open to the public? If it is, you should, you know, get it out there. How about if you're having a webinar? That's an event. A teleseminar, that's an event. Um, a meet and greet or a bake sale or a sewing circle or a rummage sale or, you know, you got the drift, right, people? you got to put it on LinkedIn. It's a great idea to, as long as it's within your company culture, it's within your branding. And so, for example, if you are having a, um, if you are a, a hospital and the charity that you support is the American Heart Association and then you're going to do a, a, 
blood drive or you're going to do a clothing drive or a food drive or whatever, you can put that on LinkedIn because it's actually showing that it's showing your philanthropic activity, which is, you know, paramount. But also, it just shows a different side of your profile. It shows that you're doing something, that you're out there, you're moving. You're not just a stagnant profile that's just words in a picture. All right. Now, let's go on to number six. Six is you should really, really, really always reciprocate a communication that comes on LinkedIn. For example, if someone writes you a message and it goes into your email or it goes into your inbox, you have to respond to it. Um, there's a lot of spammy ones that are kind of on the fence if I want to respond or not, but I would respond nine times out of ten. That's what I say. If it looks like someone is writing something, they don't, they don't even get my name right, they don't get anything right, I'm not responding to that person. But if they actually wrote something to me, I'm going to respond. Here's another thing. If someone supports you on an article that you wrote or a discussion that you have, great article, great discussion, reply privately and say, thank you very much, I'm glad you enjoyed this, um, and see if you can continue the conversation further into another area. Who knows? That could be an opportunity that you might miss just by not um, acknowledging that person. Always acknowledge on LinkedIn, um, I, even if it's negative. You know, you have to put your, 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 your side of the story into the mix, you know. I mean, I've had people before say that um, I was too young or too inexperienced in, in to talk about marketing, whereas all the marketing ideas that, that, that they were talking about were not marketing ideas. They were sales or something different. Anyway, whatever. But I counteracted that with my knowledge and proved that I was qualified to speak, and I changed their mind. But I wasn't mean. I just, I just stated the facts. There's no need to be mean. But that's a whole other spiel. But be nice. Be professional. Next up, you have um, the wonderful Create a LinkedIn Group. Now, creating a LinkedIn Group is a lot of work, and it rolls slowly. So you have to be patient. This is a long-haul strategy. This is a strategy. This is not a tactic. You have to add this into your overall strategy because if you do this successfully, you can create a group in Facebook and cross-market it too. Now, what I would suggest is if you're creating a group, you're not going to create Tom's Chicken Shack, the group, okay? No one cares. What people on LinkedIn care about is Fast food industry professionals. See what I did there? Here's Tom's Chicken Shack. Fast food industry professionals. Well, that's going to attract other people. Now, groups, when you're creating a group, it's excellent because you have access to all their members, all the members that, that come into your group. You'll start discussions and you can comment and you'll actually become very involved with them. Well, when you're involved with them, you can also send mass messages to your members once a week like an update, an article that's helpful to them, or maybe you got, you're going to host a group event, maybe a webinar that's for only group members and you want to promote that to them, whatever. It's just a really great way of getting a lot of people within your own marketplace in one spot to share ideas. I like it because it really helps drive referrals sometimes. There's great referral sources. There's also great partner opportunities. So if you're Tom's Chicken Shack, well, um, Patty's Pancake Hut, may have a, a really great butter supplier that could be a, a good person that can cut your butter costs or whatever. I'm just going on top of my head here, but you get what I'm saying. So groups are really great for that. Okay, so I'm going to leave groups alone. Now, 
what I'm going to I'm going to leave on the final one is well, there's actually two more. Uh, this one I've kind of said, but I'll say it again. You want to really make recommendations. Now, what that means is if you know somebody that's worked with you um, or who you've worked for or whatever, you want to exchange recommendations. Now, these recommendations are a little bit more casual than the letters of recommendation that you would see um, on you know, on job interviews or that sort of thing. What you really want to focus on is people that you've worked with. So, for example, today I worked at Maytag, and there were six people in my department. They were all high level, and I was high level. What I would do is I would trade it with each one of those people. So, right there I have six recommendations, and that's for my work at Maytag. And say I worked at the Millennium Dome in London as one of the project managers. Well, if I was dealing with a lot of different sponsors on the project, then I would go out, reach out to each one of those sponsors that I worked with, the, the person I worked with, and say, hey, you know, I'd like to endorse your work. Would you, would you feel comfortable endorsing mine? And then there you go. And I'm telling you, it's great. It goes right in your, goes right in your profile, makes you look red hot, um, and then you have, you have also, if you work with big names, if they're endorsing you on that page, that just adds a lot to your credibility. So, but... Only do it to people that you know. Don't fake it. It's not worth it. Because if you do not know who that person is, and like, hey, let's trade recommendations. And you're like, who the heck is this? I don't even recognize his name, and where are they from? And oh my goodness, I don't even, I've never even been there. Well, that's something to avoid. You know, you don't want to do that. You only want to, you only want to give recommendations to people that you've interacted with, worked with, or know personally. Never give recommendations to people just because they ask for it. All right, final, 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 then i got to move on to some food. I'm getting hungry here. Um, use LinkedIn applications as much as you can. There's about, uh, on your profile, there's a button that you, when, you're on your, when you log into your account and you're on your profile, check out the applications button. There's an applications button that's ha- about halfway down the screen, and you can click and see more applications. See if any of those really tickles your fantasy. I like to add Twitter for sure, BoxNet Files, um, WordPress is another really good one. Um, and oh, I'm trying to think, SlideShare. SlideShare is another one that's really good, but there's more. So go check them out, see what works, throw it against the wall, see what you think looks nice. I'm telling you, if you have a full profile, you have those recommendations shoved in there, and then you have your um, application, your profile is going to look pretty cool. You know, so you want to, and then if you have an event on, even even better. So, and then my final, and then I'll leave it because I'm, I'm going beyond my time here. Uh, I'm just thinking of things off the top of my head that I would recommend. Once you have all of the things in your profile, what I would really, really suggest is getting them in, a, getting them in the order of most impressive. For example, you can move your summary, your work experience, your education, your recommendations, your applications, all of that you can hold and drag so you can create the um, the order. I would go with most important, second most important, third most important, blah, 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 because that's how people read. So, for example, if you have a great summary, a killer bunch of recommendations, and your education is absolutely stellar, that's where I would go. I would go one, two, three that way. But say um, your summary is great, and then your job your job has like 
in your job description you have so many great brand names and you've worked with really impressive people and this, that, and the other, that I will put that. This is how you can work it on LinkedIn. All right. If you have any questions about any of the stuff that I said, please get in touch. You know, you can write me an email. I'm not going to bite your hand off. I'm going to actually answer it. Info at servefreshmedia.com or you can do my work, which is info at gomediaonline.com. Okie dokie. Also, if you drop by gomediaonline.com, I have a um, my, my new ebook up for free download on the right-hand side. So gomediaonline.com. And on the right-hand side, you can see it. Not, not, not social media. Let's move on to some food. We have a few minutes. I'm going to try to fly. Now, I have two recipes that will kick your butt. They are so good. Now, you have to like, everyone's talking about carbohydrates. You can't eat carbohydrates. You don't even eat any carbs. Everything in moderation, people. Everything in moderation. Uh, I, I mean, you can't eat, um, you know, 25 pounds of pasta and then not expect to get bloated. I mean, <laughs> come on now. And if you're eating it for every meal, you know. So these recipes are made for about four people, I think four people, and they're modest portions. We're, we're not trying to get you to eat 25 pounds of pasta. We want to – the trick to making a really good pasta and a really good sauce is to not drench it. Um, in North America, we tend to really drench our pasta with sauce, and that's not the way it is. Um, typical way of serving it in Italy is just a little bit to taste because you want to taste the pasta. Now, let's go on to the first one I have, and it's um, penne regatta in, in vodka. Penne regatta is amazing, but you have to like penne. I don't like this with any other type of noodle. Um, I'm not a big penne fan, but this is the only one that I can really do, the penne rigate. Um, but, you know, it's up to you. So let's go shopping. These are the things that you need. Um, first off, you want to do about a quarter cup of butter, unsalted always. I never do salted butter. Um, I think that it makes your recipe too salty, and, you know, you can never really judge where you are with it. So unsalted, please. So a quarter cup of um, unsalted butter. Six, one thick slice of uh, cooked cured ham that you'll dice, two tablespoons of tomato paste, one tablespoon of chopped fresh flat leaf parsley. And I'm really saying fresh. Don't do the jar stuff. It's awful. It's, it's been cremated. Move away. Um, five tablespoons of heavy cream. And if you want to use a little bit, you want to use whipped cream, whipping cream or something like that, that works too. Heavy cream is the best because it really holds. Then you want to do a quarter cup of vodka. Uh-oh, watch out. So you have to show your ID for this recipe. Um, and then three cups of um, penne regatta, which you can get in the store, and salt and pepper to taste. Okay. Now, this is how we're going to do this. This is super, 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 super simple. You want to grab the butter, melt it in the pan, add the ham, add the tomato and parsley, and then cook it a little bit for 10 minutes and taste it while you're going because what you're probably going to find out is that it's going to need some salt and pepper. So that's when you want to add it. Don't over-salt at this point because you still have more things to add, okay? Then stir in the cream and vodka and cook until the vodka is totally evaporated and you'll be able to see it because the sauce will start to get really nice and thick. Then you want to cook the penne in a large pan, you know, a large pan of boiling water until al dente. As it's usually not. It's usually a, a minute or two less than the cooking instructions on the pack. But 
do it to your own taste. I like it a little bit al dente. Then you want to drain the pasta. Okay, this is something I want to talk about right now. I want to drain once it's all boiled, once it's all cooked, beautiful. You want to drain the pasta. Do not, do not, please, 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 please don't get the pasta and rinse it. Never rinse the pasta because if you do, your sauce will not stick. Then, what you want to do is put your portion of um, split it between four portions, and then pour the sauce over top, and you're done. Very, very simple. But absolutely delicious. I always serve this with shaved Parmesan, but all up to you. All right, this one's going to be quick. We're going to talk about a classic spaghetti carbonara. Now, this one's going to serve four. You need two tablespoons unsalted butter, a generous half cup of pancetta. You want to dice that, one garlic clove, 12 ounces of spaghetti, two eggs beaten, a half cup of parm, a half cup of Romano, both of those freshly grated. Don't get the already grated. It's not as good. Salt and pepper to taste. Let's get cooking. You want to get the you want to get the butter melted in the pan, add the pancetta and garlic, and cook until the garlic gets brown. Remove and get rid of the garlic. Cook the spaghetti until it's al dente, and then you want to add the pancetta mixture to the drained spaghetti. Then you want to get those eggs, dump it in, add half of the parm and romano. You want to get some pepper, stir the sucker up. Then once that's done, add the rest of the cheese, salt and pepper, stir, serve. Done. How easy is that? I actually did that in 60 seconds, so that is really, really good. All right, folks. Sorry, I'm going to get going. We've got these two recipes. We're going to put them up on the surffreshmedia.com website. If you have any questions, again, social media chef. You can find me on Blog Talk Radio. You can find me on iTunes, at Crisco Media on Twitter. It's always a pleasure uh, having this time with you guys. And if you have any suggestions for upcoming shows, please give us a shout. Until next week, thanks for joining us on the Social Media Chef. This is Chris Tompkins, signing off.